0: Good morning, good morning and welcome to Living Hope this morning. You are so, so welcome. Church, can I invite you to stand and we are going to worship together. again. you, your wonderful, powerful, beautiful name. God, we give you all of the praise and all of the glory in this place. It's not about our circumstances, about our situations, but it's all about you. Jesus, we magnify and glorify your name. on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus this morning. On nothing else, no one else. Just as the music keeps playing. Just fix your eyes on him this morning. this morning. You're so, so worthy, Jesus. Just take one moment, one moment just to fix your eyes on that this morning. Jesus, you're so, so worthy. We exalt you, Jesus, we magnify you. You're so, so worthy of all of our praise. Maybe just one more time. Just one more time, we just sing this. You're worthy of it all.
1: Because you're worthy of it all.
0: this place this morning. You're so, so worthy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen
2: Amen, Church. And today as we come before the table, we want to stay in this attitude of worship, don't we? We want to stay and we just want to linger and tell. God, how much we love him, and how much he means to us, and today, um, during the week, I was being reading um, Proverbs, and I came across this really amazing proverb, that just kind of really stuck out to me, and you'll get what I'm saying, it says in Proverbs 23, verse 10 to 11, do not move an ancient landmark, or enter the face of the fatherless. For the Redeemer is strong, he'll plead their case against you. And you'll maybe wonder why I'm coming this morning to bring this verse. It says, don't move an ancient landmark or enter the faces of the fatherless." For the Redeemer is strong and he'll plead their case against you. And when I was reading that verse during the week, it just naturally jumped out to me that God has such a care and such a concern. For the fallenness. And as I got thinking, I actually got thinking of the table. I got thinking of the cross when I thought of this verse. You see, in those times, an ancient landmark was this sort of stone maker. And if you wanted to move the stone maker, you were looking to get into someone else's property. You were looking to make your own property bigger. And you were looking to basically steal from the person. So, as you can see, this proverb tells you that don't move it from people of, of a fatherless nation. So, don't move it from people of the foulness and don't move it from people that don't have a care. Don't move it from people who don't have a protector, maybe like a strong male figure in their life that they wouldn't be able to protect. And you know, as I was reading this verse, it got me thinking. Of the table for this reason, because as we come and as we remember Jesus this morning, we also have a redeemer. This verse says, "Don't move a nation landmark or into the face of the fatherless, for their redeemer is strong." And you know, this morning we have a strong redeemer as we come to the table this morning. The word, the word, sorry, and for redeemer in Hebrew is pronounced "goel," means this powerful relative. It means this powerful relative who would protect the defenseless. And as we come to the table this morning, as we come and look at the cross, we have a great Redeemer. We have a great Redeemer who defended us, who protected us, who defended us and redeemed us from the consequences of sin, from the penalty of death. And as we come to the table this morning, that's the thought I want to bring. Job says in Job 19.25 that I know my Redeemer lives. And as we come, the table this morning we have a great redeemer who's our defender who's our protector who saved us from the consequences of sin it says in proverbs 23 for their redeemer is strong and that's for us today our redeemer is strong he pleads our case he's won the battle for us and as we come this morning we can only come and worship can't we as we remember that that our redeemer is strong he saved us from the consequences of sin he's protected us he's looked after us as he's cared for the father so has he cared for us this morning by sending his son to the cross and that's what we come to remember it says in first corinthians 11 verse 23 for i received from the lord what i also delivered to you that the lord jesus on the same night when he was betrayed, took bread and when he'd given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me and so as we come today as the church is part of the bigger church all across the world we take the little cup that's on your seat and if you pay back the first layer it's going to represent bread and we're going to give thanks this morning for God being such a great redeemer that he would pay the price for us that he would care for us that he would defend us and protect us from the sin of curse. Amen. Thank you God. Thank you God for your goodness. Thank you Lord for your faithfulness. For your great love towards us thank you god that you've protected us that you've defended us god that our redeemer today is strong thank you god that we can say that today in full confidence that our redeemer is strong thank you for redeeming us From the curse of sin thank you for redeeming us from the death god that we should have had thank you god that you defended us thank you that you showed constant care and constant concern for us and the greatest of that was going to the cross so thank you god for the great love that you have for us help us to remember you as we come before the table today 1st just go on and say this. It says, in the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so instead of me maybe giving thanks, I don't know if one or two people this morning, maybe want to give thanks this morning for the cup. I'll leave it just for two, one or two people just to give thanks this morning. We thank you this morning for your presence here with us, Lord. But Heavenly Father, most of all, we thank you for your son Jesus. We went to the cross and his precious blood to share with such as me. So heavenly Father sacrifice. So if you all want to pay back that second air, we'll take the cup together. God, thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus. Thank you that we can truly say today that, uh, that our Redeemer is strong. God, that we could be in so many other places today, but thank you that we're found At your table, God, and we have this confidence. God, that you're our great Redeemer. Thank you for what you've redeemed us from. Thank you for what you've saved us from. God, that we really deserve nothing. We deserve the face hell. But God, you came, God, and you've rescued us. Thank you for that, Lord. And I pray as we go on for this service today. May you be glorified. May it not be about us. May you remain the center of it all. Take all the praise. Take all the glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And church, we're just gonna um, and the tape we're going to lead us sorry, in another song before Pastor Matt comes to bring the word. So if you all understand to stand and um, we we'll sing another song.
1: i
0: to
3: listen to what you have to say through your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Dean. Leading us in worship and at the table. Thank you, everybody, for being here this morning. Just a few announcements before we get into the word. There is a lot going on this week, so we'll start at the beginning. At the door today is uh, a Glance, which lets you know everything that's going on over the summer and the devotional booklets as well that are there. Uh, Tonight is a special service. It is the youth takeover. Uh, The youth uh, will be taking the service tonight. Uh, Pastor Reese will be preaching, uh, and we would love you to come along to support the youth. We said last Sunday we have a big summer programme planned for our young people and kids this summer, uh, and so we're looking for some help. So, what we're going to do is the offering tonight, the offering, everything that goes in the offering this evening is going to go towards the kids and the youth. Uh, summer project, uh, so come and join us tonight. We were going to have a barbecue afterwards but the weather forecast is it's going to rain and stuff, so we're going to do an indoor barbecue. That's what we're going to do. do, an indoor barbecue tonight. So we've got the burgers and the sausages uh, for afterwards. Uh, tomorrow is the refresh trip uh, up to Port Rush. Uh, So we're taking all the golden oldies out for the day up to Portrush, the Royal Court Hotel and stuff. Uh, Pray for me as I take them out for the day. We lost three of them in cold rain once. (laughs) And we left them there. I think they're still there. So that's tomorrow. Tomorrow night, the Alive Community Choir, who have been using our church on Monday evenings for uh, the last few months, they are putting a concert on tomorrow night. Uh, in the church there's a good number of our church uh, in the choir and stuff and so um, we would like to support this so I know there's lots of people coming already so it's tomorrow night at seven o'clock I know there's a supper afterwards I'm right and I yep. Yep, that's good i said that there is a supper afterwards the tickets are five pound and they are going to towards a charity and stuff so please if you're free tomorrow and i come along join the alive community choir tuesday night is a living word bible study with tim Uh, And then Wednesday night is our church appreciation night. Today is the last day for you to RSVP. Uh, So if you haven't got your uh, returns back in, please get them back in today. The church is gonna be full. We're gonna be looking at a great wee night on Wednesday night, just coming to say thank you uh, to people as well as cooking them uh, dinner as well. Uh, On Saturday, I'm on holiday for two weeks. Uh, So yes, listen. (laughs) You may cheer, I am cheering louder. So I'm away from uh, Saturday the 2nd of July to Saturday the 16th of July. Please feel free to disturb Pastor Reese with any concerns or anything that you need dealt with and stuff. I will be back on Saturday uh, the 16th. Of July, so uh, so I'm away from this Saturday. So you can torture me up to Saturday morning, but after Saturday morning, the phone will be off and you will be blocked. Okay, uh, so we'll do that. And we want to pray the, uh, this morning as well for just a particular situation. Uh, those uh, most people will know, young man Joshua uh, has been missing for the last uh, four or five days now. Uh, he's actually Ashley Rosson's cousin. Uh, So it's obviously close to home for one of the uh, members of our family here in church and stuff. And so I just said to Ashley that we as a church uh, would pray this morning and continue uh, to pray. So I'm just going to pray uh, for this situation. Father, we come before you. Lord, we thank you even as we heard at the table. Father, how you care for us, Father. Father, in this situation here with this young man missing, Father God, we just pray... Today, first and foremost, Father, that he is found uh, alive, safe, and well. The Father God, we pray that today, as a church, we pray for his family that you would draw close to them at this time of uncertainty and be their comfort, but also be their hope as well, Father. We, we pray for Ashley, Father God, as uh, Father, she is uh, a relative of the family, Father. The, the Father, that she would be able to say that we're praying and believing God that you would answer their prayers, Father, this young man would turn up safe. So, Father, we as a church pray today, Father God. We ask, of Father God, that you would answer our prayers. We would ask, Father God, that you would bring this situation, Father, to a close, Father God, that he, he just would be found, that we know there are many churches praying this morning. And oh, Father, we here at Living Hope pray and lift this situation up to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We are finishing up our sermon series on what are you wearing? Uh, something Jesus says about clothes and a comparison with what we should be truly living for. Everybody will have heard of the Sermon on the Mount, a famous sermon of Jesus that's recorded in Matthew chapters 5-7 to seven, where he speaks about many, many issues to do with life and the passage that we're going to look at. Uh, it simply opens up with this, with Jesus saying, uh, don't worry to people. You know, when you're worried about things, people will say this to you usually, they will say, um, don't worry, everything's going to be all right. Now, unless they can see into the future, uh, unless they have a crystal ball or unless they have something, that actually is just really, it's the sort of thing we say, I say, yeah, don't worry, everything's going to be all right, everything's going to work out okay and such things don't work out okay sometimes things happen so we look at it and say to ourselves well how do we ground our faith how do we ground uh, our trust how do we ground this in something that's solid that that helps us when Jesus stands and sorry when Jesus sits here in Matthew 6 and he tells them he says don't worry he says what's he basing it on what's he, he talking about and he's tying it with this with being clothed with righteousness because A lot of what we've talked about in this uh, what are you wearing series is some of the things that we need to put off and some of the things that we need to put on. Uh, That's the nature of the Christian life, the exchange from the old to the new, from darkness to light, Uh, the things that we we take off and the things that we put on. And it's very similar here when we look at uh, why we shouldn't worry, why does Jesus tell us uh, not to do this and what does it have to do with being clothed with righteousness. Jesus says these words in Matthew 6 beginning of verse 25 to 34 he says therefore I tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Everybody worries about something. If you've got kids. It doesn't matter what age your kids are. You worry about them. You think to yourself, what well, does it get easier when he gets older? I think everybody who's got kids would say, no it doesn't. It just, you just worry more. Everybody worries about something. Everybody has a concern about something. I am sure if we went round with a microphone in this church this morning and asked a select group of people what are they worried about, It said we would get a varying degree of answers of people saying, well I'm worried about this at the moment. I'm worried about because I'm waiting for answers for this Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's something to do with your health, maybe it's something to do with your job, maybe it's something to do with awaiting results for school, or, or there could be any number of reasons that people would worry about things and the things that they would worry about, because well, the actual word worry means to divide into parts. It's a distraction, a preoccupation with things causing anxiety, stress and pressure. We would understand that if we worry about something. You know that feeling of waking up at three o'clock in the morning and suddenly you're wide awake with something that you are worrying about. Something that you thought to yourself, why did I not worry about this in the day? Why do I wake up at three o'clock at night, uh, sorry, three o'clock in the morning and I'm lying there worried about something? Uh, and we lie there and we think for an hour we try to get back to sleep, but it preoccupies our mind. it causes a, a distraction. Jesus sits with these people and it's not in church it 's not in it 's not in the temple it 's not in the, the synagogue. He sits with these people sitting as you say where he tells us where he 's on a mount it 's outside on, a, on a, and he 's telling them he says, don 't worry, do not worry don 't worry about what you, you eat don 't worry about what you drink." about what you're aware and and he's trying to help them understand most importantly listen this is a grounding this is a foundation for not worrying that God cares about you and he knows your every need the difficulty is sometimes we want God to know all our wants as well not just our needs he says but he knows all your needs somebody wrote this about worry they said this they says worry is a problem because it denies the wisdom of God it says that he doesn't know what he's doing. It denies the love of God because he says he does not care. And it denies the power of God because it says that he isn't able to deliver me from whatever is causing me to worry. Jesus gives the three things that most people will worry about what you'll eat, what you drink, what you wear. Now, the cultural context of this day is these people probably sitting around listening to Jesus would not be like us in any way, shape or form because they wouldn't really know where their next meal was coming from. All of us sitting in here, I hope, all sort of have a rough idea of what we're getting for lunch today. Even if somebody else is cooking it for us, we've got an idea that, you know, the wife is making us beans on toast or something for our Sunday lunch. We know we've got something to go home to. Well, we know where the next drink is coming from, you know, you can literally, you know, we sell water out there for 50p, if you don't have 50p, put an IOU there, okay? He says, so you get a drink and clothes. Well, the people in this context would have probably only had one, one outfit to wear. Now, let me tell you something, the ladies will relate to this. When you go home and open up your wardrobe or your closet, there is no way you've only got one outfit to wear. You may say to us and trick us into saying, I've got nothing to wear. (laughs) The opening of your wardrobe, closet or cupboard would deny that because you don't, you've got tons of clothes to wear. So for the people here, the cultural context is they don't know where their next meal is coming from, their next drink is coming from, and the only clothing they have is actually what they're wearing now. And Jesus says to them, he says, listen, don't worry. He, he says, don't worry about this. And, and he uses an example, and, and, and this week I was sitting in my study. Because I was reading this, Jesus says, look at the birds in the air. So I thought to myself, Jesus says it. So I did that, so by, by study at home, back sat into the garden, and this bird landed. It was a Northern Irish bird. Do <laughs> I know why it was Northern Irish bird? He had the brightest orange beak you'd ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, and he landed there and I watched this bird because Jesus says look at the birds of the air so I did and I watched this bird and, and this bird just sort of fluttered about the garden and he was looking for worms and you know if he cut the grass and he cut the grass and there's lots of worms all there and then this bird did not have a care in the world he just he didn't look like he was worried he, I mean he didn't look like uh, you know, I'm working 9 to 5, then I'm going home t- to Mrs. Birdie and all the little birdies. He just did not have a care in the world. I watched him and I thought to myself, he just bounced along the garden and stuff. And I thought to myself, and I knew he'd next door. And, you know, once they see the birds, you know what it's like. But, he, he, you know, he was able to fly away. And I, I sat and watched him I thought, Jesus, look at the birds in the air. He says, they neither sow nor reap or gather. He says, yeah, God looks after them. he says "Well, look at the flowers of the field the grass here the process of nature it grows and and all of these things happen he says they don't spin and they don't do these other things and yet they grow Mm. Uh, and jesus simply says well you're not more important than them actually that's true we are more valuable than them this bird that was there just getting just his next meal then flying away he didn't live in a house didn't have to work and the comparison is that and often we don't see our value When we look at it and say, actually, that is true, isn't it? When he says, are you not more valuable than they? And, And you see, the world runs after all of these things. Jesus says that in verse 33. And he says, and this isn't me telling you not to have nice stuff. This isn't me telling you, listen, if you've got four TVs in the house, you need to get rid of one of them. You know, this is not about the material stuff that we acquire through life. It's about us not worrying about the things that affect us because everybody worries and it causes stress and it causes us to have a preoccupation with those things that concern us. And the true element of faith is when we take the things we worry about and we put them into God's hands. Because we can't always say, don't worry, everything will be alright. What we have to say is, don't worry, God is in control. That's the thing to say, not don't worry, everything's gonna be all right. Because if we say that, the, the world says that to itself. We don't have to say that as believers. We say, don't worry because God's in control. Don't worry because God sees you as more valuable than the birds and the flowers of the field. And Jesus makes four points here of why, how, why we need to deal with our worry. The first one is this, is, it's actually unreasonable when we try and deal with some of the things that we deal with and you've all heard of the phrase first world problems you know when you walk into somewhere and there's no Wi-Fi (laughs) what am I going to do, there's no Wi-Fi you know, or we have this thing or, or it could be anything and we get consumed with things that matter to us that we think are important but aren't really important but we make them important and that's why we stress and why we worry let me tell you about what happened to me last week I I went to McDonald's last week, okay, confessing my sin. And as I pulled up to the drive-thru, it says there was this sign on the drive-thru. And I thought, this summed up the way we are as the world today. I shall read it out. It says, due to the current situation, we may experience a temporary shortage of some ingredients over the coming days. Consequently, a small number of menu items might be temporarily unavailable or ingredients may be missing. I can live with that bit, no problem. This bit gets me. We apologise in advance to any customers potentially impacted and appreciate your patience during this challenging time. Now I've had some challenging times in my life. I, I, mean, I mean, you've had some challenging times in your life. The fact that I don't get tomatoes or gherkins on my burger is not a challenging time, but they have to put that. That sums it up. So I thought to myself, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test this out. So I went round to the drive-through, and uh, the, 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 I, I said to the fellow, he said, I didn't order. I wanted to find out what ingredients you're missing before I choose to make my order. And he says, we don't have any tomatoes. I pulled him through the window <laughs> of the drive-through. Pulled him through. Face to face, I said to him, in this challenging time of our lives, how can you not have any tomatoes? Then <laughs> we would look at that and say, that's funny. And for those of you, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. But the reality is, is that's often the sore things most people get worried, stressed about. They're just small things. They're actually things that don't matter. You said to me, oh, well, well, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it doesn't matter. But this is the element that we look at in the world today in this challenging time. The Northern Ireland hospice is half a mile away from this uh, McDonald's. I'm sure if I drove up there and said to some of them, are you really having a challenging time? Because down there at McDonald's, they've got no tomatoes. <laughs> uh, and they're having to deal with that. It, it's a real problem. Says people are, you know, it's the, you know, it, it's are having to use patience and everything's not getting it. Uh, and when we look at it like that, we think, hold on a second. It says, actually, the things we worry about, the things we stress about, He says, actually, they're not really that important. They're what I would call the McDonald's having no tomato syndrome. Things that just don't really matter. I mean, on that day, it didn't matter. I mean, I had to order myself a box of 20 nuggets. I mean, six nuggets. (laughs) Because we look at it and say, what we worry about sometimes is just unreasonable. You know, Jesus says, you know, he's almost saying to the people, he says, what we get consumed with is eat this, wear this, watch this. It's all about making the body attractive, pleasant smelling, comfortable and entertained. Jesus Christ said the world worries about these things. If you don't think people are consumed with material things, just watch Black Friday, the front of Tesco's or any other shop when they're selling stuff discounted and people are killing each other to get the latest television look at the toys at Christmas when they're only going to run out of certain things and your precious little bear might not get the Christmas present he's asked for Santa for and how people would kill each other in the name of Christmas just to get that. He says, well because it's unreasonable. Jesus lays out the basic necessities and says, it's food, it's drink, it's what you wear. And he says this and it comes on to the next thing that he says, why does he say, well because it's unnatural. Why is it unnatural? we are the only creation that god has made who worries we're the only creation who worries you know what any of these nature programs are the, the you know the 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 wildebeest of the serengeti and all of this they don't have any worries at all probably said the lions but that's us you know but the food chain and all of that but they don't look worried and we're the only creation of God who worries. We're the only ones who worry about things because we're consumed about the wrong things. You see, the birds neither sow, reap, or gather. But Christ talks about how God feeds the birds, clothes the flowers and grass. And yet we know these things happen by natural processes. Simply reflects God's control, His sovereignty. It means that God's not like a watchmaker who creates a watch and he gets all the mechanisms, I can't say that word, inside and he simply allows it to run on its own and sits back in a chair. He says we think God is like that, but he's not. He's intricately involved and interested in every aspect of our lives, I've said many times. (laughs) Last Sunday we spoke about the hundred sheep, the ten coins, but the one son... And how how God was interested in the individual. There isn't any one of us sitting in here this morning that God is not interested in. It's unnatural for us to worry, to think, if we ever ask this question, does God care about me? That's an unnatural question. Of course he does. You are valuable to him, more valuable than the birds of the air. He knows your every need. Uh, And Hebrews 1 verse 3 says, Christ sustains all things by his word. Everything is totally dependent upon God. He's involved in this intricate process of flowers blooming and grass gaining its color. He says even Solomon in all of his splendor is not clothed as the, the, the natural world as when we see the colors out there in nature. And, and we say, oh, well, there's an accident or it's evolution. Or it's no, there's a creator behind it. He's God, the creator. See, the action of the birds, though, to feed themselves reminds us we're still responsible to work, that we should work hard. Even Paul says in 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 10, he says, the person that doesn't work should eat. Christ is not telling us to be lazy. He's telling us not to worry. You see, birds are not made in the image of God. They're not recreated in His image. We are sons and daughters of God. We are co-heirs with Christ sons and daughters of his. You see, God made man his chief in creation, and what happens at the new birth is he makes us alive with his son, and he indwells within us. That's his value that is, his value towards us is seen more importantly than what we eat and what we drink and what we wear. That Christ his son died for us, and the Holy Spirit dwells in us. So we're certainly more valuable than birds, flowers, and grass. But it brings us on to the third thing that he says. He says, this is, well, it's unhelpful. He asked a great question that, that we can ask this morning, verse 27. Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? I mean, think it's obvious there, isn't it? Well, if worrying achieves something, and maybe Jesus would say, listen, all your worry can be channeled into positive energy and it might change the situation. He doesn't say that. He says, can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Can you add anything to your life? Even physically, medically, health-wise, we would know it does not benefit us physically or mentally or spiritually to worry. We carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. And, you know, they tell us, research tells us that we worry about 80% of things that will never happen to us. That will never happen to us. Our fear is tied up in things that that may never or will never happen to us. Yet we still worry. And Jesus says, he says, can you add anything to your life? Proverbs 12 verse 25 says, anxiety in the heart of a man brings depression. We know what it's like. We start to worry about something. It affects our entire mood and also the mood of others around us. We find ourselves down and discouraged. Worry is negative. It affects us spiritually. You see, worry accomplishes nothing. It achieves nothing. And it adds nothing. There may be greater sins than worry. But there are none that are more self-defeating and useless to us than worry is. For it achieves nothing. And it adds nothing. And accomplishes nothing. But the reality is at times the worry that many people have is over the material things in life. Because as the people sat here with the Sermon on the Mount and listened to what Jesus said, that's what they were dealing with. And that's what we would be dealing with as well. It's the material things. If a job is under threat, where does the next amount of money come from? He says, what about the price of this goes up and we can't afford it? And we live in that time of uncertainty materially still. He says it doesn't matter how much money we have, we look at it and say, well, we're still dealing with the material stuff. What should we eat? What should we drink? What should we wear? And it's all tied up with worry. You see, the worry about the material things of life is rooted often in our low understanding of how we are valued before God. They don't comprehend, or we don't comprehend, how much God loves us and how much he cares for us a great amount of our worry happens because we just don't simply understand our immense value to him that actually he looks after us and he takes care of us it may happen in ways that we may not see it may happen in ways that we might not expect he says it may not happen in lots of different things but he says we are valuable to him and he sees that so what paul writes in romans 8 verse 31 to 32 Says, what then shall we say about all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? What a powerful verse that is. I mean, you just exchange that for your name. If God is for Matt, who can be against me? If God is, and you put your name in there, that's the, uh, the, the, the personal, that's the individual. The value that God places on you and me that whatever is happening in your life today and whatever is going on in your life today, that God is for you. So it causes us not to say, listen, don't worry, everything will be all right. It causes us to say, don't worry, God is in control. And when we know that God is in control, it increases our faith, believing not that just everything will be all right, it's not a case of everybody gets healed and everybody gets better and everybody gets everything they prayed for. That does not happen. What does happen is this. We get a certainty that God knows what he's doing and he's in control of our lives because we're not one of the hundred and we're not one of the ten. We're the one of the one. the interested in the value of you and me as an individual. That's what we do. And so we come and we say, well, the fourth thing we see, well, it's unnecessary. Because we've said already, God values you. He clothes you. He feeds you. He provides for you. And he knows your need. So we look at it and say, it's unnecessarily. What does worry add to this when we read those things about what God does for us? That he feeds us and protects us and he he values us and he knows our needs. It's like Isaiah 26 verse 3. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Stayed is just focused. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is focused on you. It says this is so true. I made all of this out of nothing. Trust me, I can take care of you. How true is that? I made all this out of nothing. Trust me, I can take care of you. But Jesus reminds us of something here because it's not just about living for the present day. We've gone to the conclusion of the series that we're doing uh, because Jesus doesn't tell them not to worry. He almost gives them the reason why you shouldn't worry because he tells them what they need to do. He says, well, seek his kingdom and seek his righteousness. Jesus doesn't just tell them to stop worrying. He tells them to replace that worry with a concern for the kingdom of God. See, a habit or a passion can only be given up for a greater habit or passion. Almost like a saying, let us stop worrying about what we'll eat, what we'll drink, what we'll wear, what we're saving up for, what's the stuff that we really want. We exchange it for seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. And that's it, Jesus doesn't say, seek his kingdom and his righteousness and we'll take all that away from you. Yet he says, this will be added unto you. He's asking us about our priorities. He's asking us about the first place. He's asking us about the lordship in our life. And he's simply saying, seek these and all these things will be added unto you. He's telling us what to take off, but he's telling us what to put on. What are we putting on? The seeking of his kingdom and his righteousness. You if we do these things, because to seek is to be consumed, continually absorbed in a search for something, a diligent effort to, put, to obtain something. It's a present word, a present tense word, that we don't stop doing it. In every day, in every situation, and every circumstance, something comes along and it forces us to have a choice. It forces us to make a decision to say, God is my number one. This circumstance comes up, God is my number one. I'm seeking his kingdom first. I'm putting on his kingdom and his righteousness first. And so we're presented with many circumstances and many situations that we simply don't just say, well, I made the choice 35 years ago or 20 years ago or 10 years ago to seek his kingdom. It's not. It's a daily thing that we have to do. And Jesus is sitting there talking to these people about their material needs as we talk this morning to the church and say, listen, this is about the lordship of our life. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Put off the things that there is no eternal value for and put on the things that are kingdom lasting. They both speak of separation, the kingdom and the righteousness. You know, his whole sermon on the mount is about this. There are three chapters, five, six, and seven. He turns it all on its head for the people who are listening. You have heard that this was the way we did things, but now I won't tell you this way. "Eye for eye and a tooth for a tooth, says, you have heard it said that way. He says, but I tell you, he says, pray for your enemies, forgive your enemies. People sitting there, says, that's not correct, that's not right. But Jesus is coming with a better way. He's coming with a newer way. He's coming with a way that says we need to take off this stuff and put on this stuff. It's a choice to seek first the kingdom of God. A choice that everyone makes when they first repent and are saved. But after that, every day, our Christian life will reinforce that, the direction that that goes not enough just to say oh, but i made that choice and sort of I can add the other things and stuff and that's okay. I think God challenges us sometimes. He says, well, what are you wearing overall? You see the things all behind us. You're clothed with Christ. You're clothed with righteousness. You're clothed with power from on high. You're clothed with his kingdom. And you're clothed with his sinking, And all of these things that are here, we're faced with a choice. You see, the truth of it is this, is you will only seek and pursue those things you have set your heart and mind upon. You will not drift into this, as I keep saying, with so many spiritual things. It's not waiting for the moment, you'll just float into this or drift into this. We set our mind to seek and pursue those things you have set your heart and mind upon. See, the best Christian living comes from minds that are focused on heavenly things. The kingdom. Jesus is not saying ignore everything that goes on down here. But he's saying make it your priority. Because I do believe at times we would worry less. If we actually said that some of the things that we were worried about. And concerned about. That we would put into his hands. Not believing that everything would be alright. But that everything would be. in God would be in control of everything that would happen. Because when we stop to think about it. The alternative is to think he's abandoned us, he's given up on us, and he doesn't care about us. None of those things are true. When we put it into his hands, it's because we know, as Jesus says in verse 32, your Father in heaven knows your every need. Isn't that a powerful statement? Your Father in heaven. And you, you can't argue with that. You can't say, the start of this year on New Year's Eve, it says i preached a message and the message has stayed with me all year and it's this and it ties in with this morning god not only keeps his promises he keeps his people how true is that so not just we and say oh i men, god keeps his promises listen his promises are tied in with his people if he values us more than the birds of the air that's a promise if he says to us seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things should be added unto you. That's a promise. If in verse 32, as have said, if he said, he says, your father in heaven knows all your needs. That's a promise. He not only keeps his promise, he keeps his people. So whatever bit you hold on to this morning about what's been said, it's because it's a promise of God. And God not only keeps those, he keeps you as well, because you are one of his people. And that's the foundation of what we believe is when Jesus says, do not worry. Why don't we worry? Not because everything will work out all right or everything's going to be all right. As Bob Marley said, I'd rather go with what Jesus says. We don't worry because God knows. We don't worry because God loves. We don't worry because God cares for us. Let, let us just take a moment. Let's have your head bowed and we'll just hold the worship team off for a second because just want to pray just this morning for each and every person here. There may be a burden you have today that you are worried about that is that is that you feel the weight of the world is on your shoulders. It consumes your time, it affects your sleep. It affects your relationship with other people because you are worried and you are stressed that comes from that worry. It preoccupies you. And all I want to do this morning while every head is bowed, while there's no sound at the frontier, here, is just, I would like you, if that's you, just literally put your hand up in the air and down again just as a recognition, just to simply say to God, you know, God, I'm worried. I'm preoccupied with this. I'm waiting on a result for this. There was all we want you to do with three hands up already. Come on, there's got to be more than three people. There you go, look at this, that's it. Just put your hand up and down again. You know, we're not doing it because God doesn't know, because God does know. We do it for our benefit, because we're saying, God, we're putting this into your hands. We're saying, God, I'm worried about this. But God, I don't believe that the answer is everything's going to be all right. The answer is that you are in control because you love me, you care for me, I am more valuable to you than the birds and we build our foundation on that. Let me just pray just as the team comes up and leads us in a final song. Father God, we pray for all those hands raised today. Father God, there is no power in our prayers, only the one that we are praying to. And Father, as we see that on the the screen there, that you not only keep your promises, you keep your people. And for those who have lifted their hands into the air, just as uh, as a representation of something that they are worried about, we pray for them today. We ask that you would lift that burden of worry from them, Lord, for your word promises that we can cast them upon you. For you care for us. And so, Father, as we pray for them today, Father. Father, would you do only what you can do? Would you, Father, work it out only as you can? The Father that we know that you are in control. So, Father, whatever way it works out, Lord, we trust you. Because you are God and we are not. And so we stand on that foundation today. That God, that you are the one that hears us and sees us and provides for us and loves us and knows our every need. And for that this morning, we say amen and thank you. Amen. Amen. Church stand and respond to
0: what's been
1: said. <laughs> you with a melody then you
0: God, we will hold on to that, that we will just hold on, to that you are in control of whatever is ahead of us. We thank you for this sermon series. We thank you. We just thank you that we have learned so much about being clothed and what that means, God, and we just say thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.